Hello everyone and welcome. This is episode 15 of the Lion Learns to Write podcast with Andre Bright. And this episode I'm joined with Michael, aka MLQ. And we, man, he gives us tangible information, strategies and sources for anyone looking to build their knowledge of African contributions to history. And it's just a lot of detail. Get your notepads out and you're going to learn a lot today. Sit back, relax and enjoy. We are live in the house and um I say this at the, I realize I say this at the beginning of every interview but i'm excited <laughs> like like it seems to be like the running occurrence like i just get the people who are the absolute lick on this show and um but before we even get started people won't know who you are so introduce yourself hi my name is mlq mm-hmm. uh, also known as michael nutrit kwaku wow and i am a man that is I'm a student of this world. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a student. I learn something new every day. Um, Absolutely. Just to give you a little background about, you know, who I am and and what I do. Mm. Uh, So I've been working in African affairs for about over 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And I have traveled, lived in, visited over 30 countries. Wow. Wow. Okay. I think I think over maybe fourteen African countries. Okay. And I was very privileged to have lived in countries like Senegal, Ethiopia, Yemen, mm. um, and experience what African culture is, right, and was. Yeah. Um, and it led me to many questions. Okay. What kind of questions? To be honest, <clears throat> I remember asking my dad why I'm from Ghana mm-hmm. and I went to Ghana one year I think in the early 90s and I said to him Ghana produces a lot of gold mm. yeah but why is it so poor right yeah and he said oh it's because you know we and he's from he's, he's, in, he's in Ashanti yeah and he said you okay. know in the Ashanti area you could just back in the day pick up gold like it was nothing you know yeah. it's very easy to mine but unfortunately, Ghana doesn't have the machines. And I said, okay. ah, why can't, you know, we just... One, 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 one. Yeah, yeah, one, yeah. One, yeah. one, one, one. <laughs> you know, and just buy the machines. Then we solve the problem, value add. And this was me, I think I was... 10? Oh, okay. So you were thinking like that at 10? Yeah. My dad, my dad has a PhD in political science. Okay. So you right. understand. Yes, yes, You yes. understand. It's all making sense now. I'm looking at you as a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you all understand. Um, so when I started ask, asking those questions, um, I then went into working for government, UK government, yeah. um, third sector um, business on African affairs, African development, development. Mm-hmm. And I used to hear the same kind of comments be made by, to be honest, non-Africans right. talking about African narrative and African history. Yeah. And it just didn't quite make sense. Mm. The comments like, oh, I've got a tan, I'm more African than you. 
or <laughs> okay, yeah, or they'll come to me um, and say, "I've been to, I've lived in Africa longer than you, therefore I'm more African than you." Or you see people that work for private equity firms be on panels, top top conferences, and say, mm. "The problem with Africa is that they don't." invest in they don't use their pension funds to invest in their countries and i'm like i'm sure it's more complicated than that right that sounds <laughs> yeah, too simple that's or africans have have you know a lot of tribalism or and there was just a lot of a lot of questions you know were brought up when you go to these top conferences african development bank world bank conferences yeah so it really made me ask myself questions as to hold on what is really going on mm. and then a few, i went i went to school in this country when i was younger and I realised that was my first interaction with race because I lived in Senegal four years before I came here. Right, yeah, you did, yeah. And that really mm. made me understand first what, what blackness was. Yeah. And I'm, that's meant to be me. Right. And actually, it was meant to change the way I interact with everyone from, you know, from women to people that look like me to people that didn't look like me to yeah. understanding what I was able to achieve. Right. All these kind of questions. And, so what yeah. happened? In what sense? Yeah, I've said like, a lot. I'm thinking <laughs> like, okay, so you, you come you come from Senegal, yeah, and at that moment, there's no concept of black or anything like that. You just Michael. I'm just Michael, right? So you come to UK, and something happens for your mindset to change, and you need to be aware of that. So I was sent to boarding school. Yeah, that was the first thing, um, and it was during the 1990s where black culture wasn't cool. So you say Black yeah. Street, you say Black Street, and they say Backstreet Boys. Right. You know, you say yeah. Drew Hill, they say Oasis, 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 yeah. Oasis. Yeah. So there was no real affinity for Black culture. Right. Um, and that had a real big telling because I didn't have the telling on who I was because I, in Africa, when I was in Senegal, I didn't have to. You know, you were just there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you were present. Yeah. And for once coming back, I was put into a box of being a yardie. Okay. That 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 was the that was the identity that was most popular, and therefore black people had to be in order to be visible. Right. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? For their culture and, and identity to be visible was the Jamaican. Right. Template. Okay. And because that was popular at the time, or the only thing that people kind of attributed to black people, or what do you think? Why specifically Yardi? Um, because I think because of the I think because of Windrush to be honest right, and the okay. fact that when 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 the Jamaicans the Trinidadians, Trinidadians came mm. you know they fought back yeah they fought they fought for what rights we have today mm. and obviously when uh, there's fighting going on and when there's poverty um, people see it as a very violent and criminal um, mm. culture yeah, yeah and so I learned patois okay <laughs> or, or, as I, or as I say patois <laughs> the Portuguese version yeah um, you know in order to, to, to navigate I had to I had to be visible and mm. to understand that was the only lens that I could be seen right okay so I was in that school for 10 years but what was interesting was there was no positive role models or no positive histories mm. in anything I studied. Right, okay. When it came to blackness or African culture. And then mm. when I transitioned into my working life, there was still a dearth of real identity. Yeah. And actually, I'll probably say there was some tra- a lot of trauma there as well that I haven't really come to terms with, if I'm being 100% honest. I don't think you're alone in that. Oh, really? I think, I think there's a lot of people. I think if, if people are lucky enough to know their history, 
and mm. to have uh, people around them, especially from early age. I mean, who who can kind of support the other part of those narratives? Because mm. like a lot of the stuff, I mean, I've had a few interviews so far which have kind of alluded to something similar, and um, and no one's denying some of the stuff we see about Africa, mm, right? Mm, mm, mm. But it's only part. It's a slither of the cake, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Absolutely. But the problem is when that slither becomes the whole cake. Exactly. Um, and obviously, walking around with that, it's it's a lot of it's a lot to bear, especially when you're thinking about it, mm. and you know they're thinking about it, mm. and they treat you as such. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it was a very interesting time. So when I got onto the African affairs, African business, um, <clears throat> for me, I was speaking without any knowledge. I had no right. credibility okay. to be on panels and to, in a way, understand and root myself in a, in a tradition, in a history, and come, mm. from, come from knowledge, come right. from education. So I then took it on myself to really educate myself in African history. Okay. So I studied under um, the great Robin Walker. Right. Robin Walker right. all day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, he's uh, one of the finest academics um, on African and black history, but also progress as well. Mm-hmm. And he, one of his teach, one of his students was um, Akala. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and what when you can see him on um, for the culture TV now he's doing a lot of stuff on YouTube 100% but what's interesting is that you know when I look at for example in, in just look at mathematics you know mm. you were taught maths pretty much since you were four or five yeah and then you go to university mm. and you're not and you're taught you're really taught the history of maths because we're not, we're not we're not understanding rocket science now right, so right, point, right we're not doing current maths we're doing now right, in the world okay, we're doing the history of maths that's what's being taught to us yeah but there's a dearth of African contribution mm. and then when I sit in a lecture by Robin and he tells me that 35,000 BC yeah they've discovered the, the the bombo bone in southern Africa which was dealing stuff off two n um, right, right, right. Uh, base ten numbers, base twelve numbers, prime numbers. Yeah, this is thirty-five thousand years ago in Africa. Wow. Um, documented wow. by women. Hmm. Um, then you go to ancient Egypt, where they had um, the um, uh, they had the papyrus that looked at how they use surgery hmm. to treat tumors and dentistry. Wow. Then you go okay. to Yoruba. And the Yoruba language, and you look at how they do maths. Right. And when they're going to work out 525, mm. the maths they have to do is literally 200 times 3 minus 20 times 4 plus 5. Huh? <laughs> that makes everyone a mathematician. Right. Yeah, you know yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So, right. And I hated maths. Mm. And if I had known that we had contributed right, yeah. serious mathematical concepts yeah you know geometry trigonometry was all done mm-hmm. in ancient egypt mm. and they shared with the greeks and shared with europe yeah do you see what i'm saying in like, that order in that order yeah you, what i'm saying is i think i would have had a greater affinity and respect for mathematics mm-hmm. so that loss made me do things that actually you know i'm doing today and one of the things right. i do apart from the african um the first stuff is I run a social enterprise called A Tribe Called Progress. Mm. And it's all about how we can be a hub um, to fast track and accelerate the progression of black communities in the, in the, in the diaspora. Right, right. And we do it in three ways. One is by um, collecting and sharing knowledge, especially mm. of our history, yeah. and making that accessible. 
Uh, two is understanding where we are today, understanding the skills that are missing from our communities today. Right, so is it like right. creating generational wealth? Mm. Is it like understanding food and nutrition? Right. Is it like how to raise children in 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 Western in the Western world mm. so they actually navigate the school curriculum correctly and they right. come out as waste men? Um, and then last <laughs> is networks. How do we start to build trust in our communities so we can start to invest time and, and energy right. into institutions, into people that have sacrificed their their day jobs into right being an institutional beacon in criminal justice, in education, in healthcare, you yeah. know, for our community. Um, and the last thing I do is um, I'm also a, a keynote speaker, um, mm. a, a, a compare, international presenter, host um, for a number of conferences uh, yeah. around the world. So I've done stuff for presidents, I've done stuff for the Royal Family, uh, Commonwealth, and things. That's a very long way of asking me who I was. Well, I listen, that's the, that's, that's the comprehensive response. And I think that's, that's again, that's another reason why you're here, bro. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, um, I want to talk about a tribe called Progress a little bit sure. more. Because, like, that concept alone, because I'm always an advocate for anyone who kind of sees a need or a gap in any way and, and tries to do something about it. Um, but how did that actually come up? Like, at what point did that grow? Sure. Um, so it, it came about because, again, <clears throat> um, just the frustration of being in these spaces that are meant to be for Africans, mm. uh, or led by Africans, not even for Africans, led by Africans and supported by allies, right. um, and the misinformation and right. the propaganda mm -hmm. that is masqueraded as truth. Woo! Okay, cool. Yeah, let's say that one more time. Because <laughs> that, 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 the way you put that is so true, the propaganda masquerading as truth because that's basically the my whole entire educational system <laughs> and it's like it's like half the books that we that we perpetrate like the, the whole thing like when you yeah I can't deny that at all but what what does that phrase mean to you so this podcast is about what identity and empowerment mm -hmm. and I think what is very interesting is, to be honest, I'm still discovering who I am, mm -hmm. and it changes every day. Yeah, and I'm man's got grey hairs. Come on, um, because silver surfer. Silver surfer. Come on, <laughs> all the day, yeah. and and it, and and you know, I've realised that I will flip on decisions daily because mm -hmm. I've got access to information. Yeah, and often I'll chastise, chastise myself for that, but I realise that actually mm -hmm. that's called growth. Yeah. And so when I when I am in these spaces where I've you know I've had I've worked in civil service I've worked in business, mm. and I've I've sat with colleagues and said oh you know I, in fact this is something that was interesting was I was right. trying to book a holiday, um, I think to Portugal, and I looked at a map and I saw some islands very close to Africa, and um, I was looking for a number of you know places close to where their son right yes, yes. <laughs> before the continent we all did, yeah. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I was speaking to this woman I was like I'm looking for deals you know around the sunny climbs mm -hmm. around Africa ideally and I was like oh wow like they have islands just off the coast of Africa that is owned by Spain yes yeah 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 just, I mean literally just off the coast of Africa yeah. owned by Spain yeah and she was like and I was like wow how did you how did Spain own it she was like you know just be grateful because you can imagine the state will be in if Africans ruled it today what? Why? What? I've had conversations with 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 colleagues where um, in my old jobs where um, <clears throat> the after the peaceful transition of power between um, Cyril uh, Ramaphosa and Zuma, right? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um, 
one of my colleagues, ex-colleagues said, um, you know, it's one good thing the British did in South Africa. You know, they were able to leave a legacy of peaceful transitions of leadership. Now, the old Mike here. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the old Mike here. Right. Would have smiled and nodded. Right, yeah. Because although I felt it was wrong, Mm. My intuition said it was wrong. Yeah, I had no facts right, okay. in which to educate yeah. and dispel dispel the myth mm-hmm. and destroy the propaganda. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you see? Yeah. Now, thank God I done Robin Walker's course. Come on, three years. I said interesting that mm. because if you look at the civilization, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or let's call it the empire of Monomatapa. Right. which was pretty much mo- most of Southern Africa. Mm. It was one of the richest kingdoms in the world. Mm. It produced 25 tons of gold every year. Wow. In 1998 figures, it was estimated um, of producing $7.5 billion worth of gold. What? Wow. Yeah. Mm. They traded as far as... Portugal, the Portuguese, even as far as China and India. Mm. They had a vision of 200 years of building kingdoms, of building kingdoms, and they, when you can see it today, we went to Zimbabwe. uh, Yes, you did. So we went to Zimbabwe. Don't worry, I'm I'm, 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 (laughs) I'm sorry. I recovered. (laughs) You should have been there. Went to Zimbabwe. And we got to see Mm. the amazing architecture of how they built walls 11 feet high right two feet six to two feet wide with drainage shaping granite bricks wow without cement Mm -mm. and you're looking at a civilization that had a welfare state what i mean by welfare state (laughs) is man that was sick yeah yeah, was looked after by decree of the king Mm. Yeah, yeah. Given yeah. money, mm-hmm. given a, a given a guide, mm. and given a place to stay, by decree of the king. Wow. And if you didn't in Ghana, we say woe betide you. Mm. Right. Okay. That's my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I said, if you have a, if you have a, a civilization, a kingdom, an empire mm. that lasted from, um, if we're looking, let's say, eleventh century all the right. way to the sixteenth century. Mm. I think for there to be a empire that lasts that long, there must have been successful transitions of power right. peacefully yeah. from king to king. Mm-hmm. So don't come to me with nonsense <laughs> yeah. telling me that the legacy of British colonialism, mm. which translates as theft, mm. rape, mm. murder, mm. torture, mm. Disenfranchisement. That's not mm. how you say it. How do you say it? Disenfranchisement. Thank you. There you go. Yeah, yeah, we are there together. Yeah. yeah. And a deep <clears throat> subjugation of the people. Yeah. That's what colonialism represents. Mm. I can't credit that to British people. Or mm. the Bruno people, the British Empire. Right, right. Do you see my point? Mm. So, this is what I'm saying. If you don't know your history. Yeah. Being passive is now not good enough. Mm. 
yeah, yeah. And I think it's. I think there's a lot of people that who would probably be in a similar kind of situation because, and it's difficult that who are basically the old you. Yeah. They know there's something wrong, but they don't have the information, and they don't have. Sometimes it's the the the. One thing I hate is when you want to put your point across and they're like, oh, you're just being angry or, oh, get over it or any of those kind of things. So it's if you have the 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 central, <laughs> I don't know, like the peace and calm to yeah, be able to handle that situation, yeah, yeah. to be able to communicate yeah. while the fires of hell are burning yeah, within you, yeah, yeah, yeah. to communicate the, the, the truth to someone, even just dropping facts enough for them to go yeah. then that's that's like a superpower to me absolutely absolutely no you're, you're absolutely right and I, th- I think <clears throat> for me what I'm saying is that when we don't know our history mm. we by default mm. are part of the continual injustice of the Trans, transatlantic traffic and enslavement of, of Africans, wow. but also colonialism. And I would say the reason why this is, because if you look at Germany, mm-hmm. the reason why there is so much anti-Semitism mm. in Eastern Europe, yeah. if you look at the reason why there's so much racism mm. in Eastern Europe, it is because you couldn't kill the myth or the propaganda that was mm. eugenics. Mm. And when you had the Nuremberg trials after right. the Second World War, yeah. the cost of putting on trial mm. every <laughs> person yeah. from France eastwards Insane. is yeah. a cost that no one mm. can bear, any Western country can bear. Yeah. So it became a point where you did a few trials of the main leaders and then mm. Operation Paperclip, people that know you could push a team, you know, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. These people were, were moved to mm. um, were, were moved under um, President Woodrow Wilson mm. to America to work on NASA. These right. scientists. Yeah, you can you can you can so they even mention it in Avengers. Um, the Winter Soldier, that's what it's about. Uh, sorry, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what Man. it's about. Um, that's why I'm a big comic book fan. Boy, I right. see that. Yeah, um, but my point is that Therefore, that, that myth, that the, the myth and the propaganda about around eugenics mm. stayed around. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. killed. It mm. wasn't proved to be false. And the same mm. way as with racism, you know, the concept of race mm. is the child of racism. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, not the other way around. Not the other way around. Mm-hmm. I know I'm jumping around a bit, but I just want no, to no, just, no. just, just. There was um, a guy called um, Professor Malema Karanga. He's the guy that created Kwanzaa. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he defines racism as a system of denial and deformation of a people's history, humanity, and rights to freedom based on race. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? yeah, 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 okay. So the concept of just someone calling mm. you the N-word or black this, to be honest, mm. that's prejudice. Right. Racism is an institution. Yeah, yeah. It is what made this country 
the one of the richest yeah. the richest country in the world as long yeah. as well as drug trafficking um mm-hmm. uh, great britain was uh, the biggest traffickers of opium in the 19th mm. century was the biggest earner yeah. for their revenue um which ultimately led to the death of 22 million Chinese people, but we won't go there. Um, Maybe for another day. <laughs> <laughs> there's a book called The Global Color Line. Okay. The War on Drugs and the Global Color Line, written by Professor, no, Dr. Kojo Koram. Come on. Read that book. Okay. It's phenomenal. Um, my point is that the concept of race, the creation of, of race, mm. has led to a division of humanity mm, mm. and that has led to institutions being born that their found foundational blocks yeah. are based on this ideology right 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 and until we that's what i'm saying you're if you're a passive african or black person mm. you're just letting those institutions mm. continue their work even if they have said they want to change yeah. Because what I'm saying is that cornerstone was the reason why they stand is because of these systems. Right. So right. if we don't know our history and challenge people, or not even challenge, mm. challenge the system, say no, that's not right because yeah. it doesn't allow us to be the Britain we want to be. Mm. It doesn't align with British values. Mm. It doesn't align with the human rights. Mm. It doesn't align for of equality, of yeah. inclusiveness. Then we are part of the problem mm. because we're like, as long as I can pay my mortgage, right, and look after my family, yeah bun you <laughs> and I'll let you believe your myth yeah. but we have to understand who we are first identity first sure. what our ancestors where how far they got to and what we need to carry on mm. what was their vision and does our vision align I'll give you one last one, one last yeah, point um, in 1945 uh, there was um, the Pan-African Federation mm. um, and um, they were basically one of the real drivers of concept concept of pan-Africanism. Yeah. People like Marcus Garvey, Kwame Nkrumah, um, William Sylvester, others mm-hmm. that really contributed to. And they had four points. And I will ask you a question. Have okay. we achieved in 2019? All right. Point one, promote the well-being and unity of African people yeah. and people of African descent globally. Have we achieved that? We as a people? As a people the well-being and unity of African people and people's African descent globally. Not as a global thing. Because you look at our families, yeah. look how they're just scattered in the wind. Mm. Look at how it's Nigerian versus Ghanaian. Right, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, true. how it's Yoruba versus Igbo. Yeah. North African versus South African. Mm. Mm. Look how we're divided. Yeah. Then, next one is to demand self-determination and independence of African people and other subject races from the domination of powers claiming sovereignty and um, uh, a sovereignty over them. Now, you look at the CFA, the, 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 the currency for Francophone Africa, right. of which 80% needs to be in the Bank of France. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, tell yeah. me, have we achieved okay. it today or not? Yeah. No, not at all. The IMF, the World yeah. Bank, the UN, mm. very rarely is an African head in them. In Europe, and in IMF and, and the World True. Bank is impossible. It has to be a European and American that head up these banks. Right. So how do the African nations navigate this and make sure we mm. can get access to the, to the resources we need mm. to succeed? So yeah. we achieved it. No. 
Next, equality and civil rights for African people and the abolition of all forms of racial discrimination. Have we achieved this? Hell no. No, not at all. We've got MPs using the N-word in Parliament. Mm -hmm. We've got bananas being thrown at football pitches. Yeah. We've got Africans that have embedded that hate within ourselves mm. and will then create and then you know engage in colorism those mm. kind of things mm. the last one to strive to cooperate between african people and others who who show or share our aspiration globally now one thing i'm glad about though i feel like small pockets are starting to do 100%. that 100% like so 100%. like in terms of that that that's something I'm seeing 100%. a lot more now. But yeah, on a global kind of network style, then yeah, we're still way away. So this is why I started the trial called Progress, because I was like, hold mm. on, when I, when I read more, I'm like, wow, we have lawyers, accountants, architects, uh, yeah. doctors, mm -hmm. engineers, teachers, you know, you name it. Yeah. African presence, black presence, mm. African Caribbean presence is everywhere. Yeah. However, we have no agenda, we have no vision. And therefore, if we don't know where we're going, yeah. we don't know where we've come from, we don't know what to ask for. Yeah, yeah. Smart point? Yeah. And therefore, my thing is, okay, how can I be a hub that can connect them to empowering information mm -hmm. that can make them say, listen, united, we stand, divided, we fall. Yeah. Something yeah. that every other group has mastered. Mm. And then from there to say, okay, how do we make our, the smallest economic unit, the family, work? Mm. Things like mm. generational wealth, nutrition, mental yeah. health, all these kind of things. And then how, when we're wealthy or when we have knowledge or skills, how can we help people that have sacrificed their mortgage payment to help other people? Do you see my right. point? Okay. Yeah. So that's exactly why I started it, um, mm. to make sure that we are bridging the gap between our communities, yeah. but also the professional world as well. Mm. That's huge. Do you realize how dope that is? Bruv, um, I've got grey hairs. Right, and yeah. I'm just beginning, but we've done two seasons of what I call Black Studies in the City, which is Central okay. London um, lecture series mm -hmm. run by myself, but also Robin Walker, Robin Walker's the lecturer. Right. And we go from, over eight weeks ago, from the first man, 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 woman, mm -hmm. from a sapien, sapien, thinking man, thinking man, yeah. all <laughs> the way to uh, Marcus Garvey, colonialism, mm -hmm. uh, looking at all the African empires, even mm -hmm. the, 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 the resistance in South America yeah. um, to slavery, um, and then looking at what are the things that, or what are the challenges we have today that are mm -hmm. stopping us from progressing, things like creating generational wealth. Right. Uh, Robin Walker's financially free. Mm. I, can't, I can't sell it for myself yet. Yeah. So yeah. how can we share this information with people? And I do lecture series, courses, workshops with amazing people in the diaspora. Yeah. So if you are one of these people that wants to share your knowledge, definitely hit me up. Yeah. Um, I put the details. Yeah. On put there. the details it's... on there, man. Because I'm trying to just share each one, teach one. Mm. That's yeah. Hundred percent. And what about the young people? So, for example, there's a lot of people. Because I'm thinking to myself, because I work with a lot of youth in Sierra Leone, for example. Yes. And on the continent, I find that it's part, it's like a different part of the same coin. So even in terms of back home, there's a big issue with this disconnection with identity. Everyone's looking towards the West mm. for like a vision of what the future could be, um, as opposed to like rooting themselves in the history of their own history. Mm. I don't know why, well, I could guess a few reasons why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, what would, you, what would you say to those? Because those who are on the continent and maybe have that disconnection with their own route. Sure. So what I would say is one is first acknowledgement that as much as um, <clears throat> Africans like to say they know who they are, mm. 
when you, there's a great book called The Destruction of Black Civilization by Chancellor Williams. Right. It's the most well-researched African book because he took information from elders across the continent. I think he went to 26 countries, but don't wow. quote me on that. Yeah. And then cross-referenced it with the, with the documentation in European museums. Mm, okay. So one quick fact is, about a third of African history is in Portuguese museums. I knew I wouldn't like the end of that sentence. <laughs> right, okay. Because they were the first Europeans. Yeah, they were the, yeah. You know, when I say in terms of the first ones that really yeah. were the first to enslave and the first to... Yeah. Um, and so you can imagine when you read, when you start to read a lot of their accounts, they will praise African civilizations, the mm. governance, the economics, the, the very, low, very low crime rate, the trust, the right. religions, all the kind of stuff. So it's very interesting to understand their perception about African kingdom civilization. Yeah. My point is that what we have are the relics of what we remember. Mm. Unfortunately. Wow. And yeah. the, he, ta he talks about that. When you read that book, you understand what Africa lost. Right. Because one big interesting thing that's happening between... Let me, let me answer your question first and I'll come back to this point. But my yeah. point is that, so I think what Af young Africans need to do mm. and what Kwame Nkrumah was a massive advocate for was mm. we have to really master our history. Mm. What has been Igbo mean? Mm. What okay. was before Igbo? Yeah. Do you see yeah, what yeah, was before yeah, Yoruba? Yeah. Yeah. What was before Ashanti? Mm. When did the Ashanti Empire, what, when did, what, what context was it created? Was it created in war? Mm. And is that why it's so warlike? And who were they fighting? Right. What was the threat? Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you sort of understand the real context, then you understand that actually there's a lot of myths in our oral history. We have to go back to the right. written history. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'll first say the youth need to read mm -hmm. and fill in the gaps from what their grandfathers will and grandmothers have told us. Because right. a lot of information that's just wrong. Mm. Um, and the second thing is, this is why for me I'm trying to empower the diaspora first because the diaspora, you know, Africans never created the concept of blackness. Mm. It no. was something that was put on us. Yeah. And, and whiteness isn't about race. What it is, is about access. Um, Woo! All right, yeah. <laughs> um, I like where this is going. It's, it's about access. Yeah. Um, and if you look at South Africa, mm. look at America, right. look at Germany, mm. you realize that what the concept of whiteness, which is a myth, same as blackness mm -hmm. is a myth, it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. We are the human race, not the yeah. black and white race. Mm -hmm. You realize that what the concept of whiteness was created to do was to give you access to a fair and free trial. Right. Give you access to own property mm -hmm. and own land, which is always an asset. Yeah, always, yeah. And access to bear arms, mm -hmm. access to marry, whoever you want. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And access to leave a, a, a financial or, or, or a legacy, inheritance. Mm. Mm. Now, if you look at <clears throat> South Africa, if you look at America, these concepts were taken away from African people mm. Mm. for good reason because it was to keep Africans right. in a certain place, place yeah. tranche, hierarchy. Mm. In the, in, and it also dehumanized them. Yeah. So this is why I'm saying that the diaspora mm. are on 
the edge, on the precipice of where this concept of mm. race, whiteness, mm. meets the concept of blackness. Right. And this is why, when you look at the state of the black community, and it's not whiteness as a race, the white is whiteness as access to opportunity, mm. you realize wow. why African black communities are in the state they're in. Yeah. And why there has to be a struggle to access, the, access these opportunities. Mm. Yeah. And it's even a, a, a thing that Africans have now learned. If you look at the xenophobia in South Africa, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a sense of entitlement, a sense of privilege, a sense of access mm. that should only be given to a certain few people because of their ethnicity or their, or their race or right. what I'm saying. Yeah. So this is why I'm saying that if we want to see an inclusive world, we need to really start having these conversations. Mm -hmm. um, I'll give you an example in America. When do you think a state was considered a state, especially when, so, you know, um, even during the British, when the British landed in, in Virginia yeah. and they were creating new states, mm -hmm. when do you think a state was, was created, was, was officially created? What made, do you think, a state was? Um, someone must have to just draw it up, no? That's what I thought. Okay. And, I, and, <laughs> and, and I studied American history both at university. Right. Okay. What I didn't realise was when whiteness was the majority. In other words... Wait, sorry, wait, <laughs> hold on, wait, hold on, I'm, I'm not ready. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay, go. In other words, when enough Native Americans had been killed or pushed westwards, that the Europeans were now the majority, that's what created a state. If you don't believe me, there's a great book called The History of White People. And also another great podcast. I would encourage everyone to listen to this. Thank you, Renee Edo-Lodge, because she's the one that bigged it up for me. Mm. It's called, the, the, the name of the series is called Seeing White. Okay. And it's by uh, a podcast title called Seen on Radio. S-C-E-N-E, Seen on Radio. Right. Please listen to that podcast about a white American who was exploring what his whiteness was. Interesting. And he studied, he's a professor at Duke University. And right. again, this is not about when, you know, people say, might say, oh, this is a racist podcast. No, it's not. It's mm. just about saying, listen, we're in the world whereby, if, we, if I were to read out the stats yeah. of, of, of what um, black and African communities are in, in the, in, in the UK, mm. um, and even, you not even just black, it's other, you know, what yeah. people take, deem as immigrants, Right. 40% um, of black people live in poverty. And that means 6% of the median household. That's the average 6% right. of, of that, what the average household, household operate on. Yeah. We operate on 60%. 40% of us operate on 60%. Uh, we have the lowest um, um, home ownership is around black Africans. Um, black Africans um, and, and Black Caribbean, Bangladesh, Pakistan minority groups are more likely to have their loan applications rejected. Mm. Uh, 6% of Asian and Black British people have no savings at all. Mm. Um, mm. We're black people are 2.2% of the population, um, but we are 50% of the prison population. Yeah. Um, we generate 10 billion for the British economy, um, but only 2% is spent within the black community. That right there. Now, yeah. I'll ask you a question. Mm -hmm. You go back in history, 
there was a historian, Arab historian called Ibn Halkul, and in in nineteen in nine nine five one A.D. Right. he wrote um, uh, his, about his, his his travels around um, uh, the Empire of Ghana okay. at the time, which took up the majority of Western Africa at the time, yeah. and uh, he said that he uh, was told of a check, like a financial check, okay. being written for 42,000 golden dinars in the city of Aldegast. What? Wait, at that time? 951 AD. Uh-uh. Um, you look at the Songa Empire, which is around, let's say, the 16th century. Right. They had a government position called the Minister of Etiquette and Protocols, had the Minister for Roads and Waterways. And you compare mm. what was achieved then. I'm not saying there weren't issues issues in yeah. Africa at the time, but I'm saying you look at where we are now, what, what we achieved then as a community, mm. as, 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 as nation states. Yeah. You start to understand that we're, we're losing ground, but unfortunately, mm. we don't know we're losing ground. This one comes back to my point of, right. when you're in the diaspora, you understand that the wealth of Africa is in, in Africa. the West, is, is in the Western world. Oh, okay. I'm saying the, yes, our yeah, resources, yeah. our human capital, right. has yeah, led yeah. to yeah. the wealth of the Western world, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. still goes on today. Yeah. Now, what's interesting um, is that again, we battle. We are consistently battling yeah. with this concept of what is blackness. Mm. You know, we don't understand it, but also what is whiteness and what to give us access to, mm. and. You go to Africa and you look and ask the questions, listen, are we progressing or are we not progressing? Mm. And then the dash we think, oh, because I've got a mortgage, man's is, pretty pro- man's is progressing. Right. But when I tell you about a check in issue for 19,000 yeah. dinars and the <laughs> kinds of levels of governance that we were on mm. in the diaspora, mm. we start to say, well, actually, we've lost a lot. Because we understand, wow. see what I'm saying? So this is why, as, as youth in Africa, we need to understand our history even more. Mm. And this is why we need to connect with our diaspora to understand, listen, we're on the front lines. Yeah. You know, progress and growth, I find, mm. of, of, of peoples never happens in the middle. It always happens on the edges. Right, yeah. Revolutions yeah. never happen in the middle, it happens at the edges, mm. where there is tension or, right. or potential friction or there's, there's pushback. Mm. So that growth, that, those questions, these mm. are things that we, we, we have to talk about. And it's not, it's, yes, as Africans, as black people, we need to, as Caribbeans, we need to have these conversations for ourselves on the sound cable. Where are we now? Who are yeah. we? How do we how do we empower ourselves? Yeah. But when we know our history, we can then have educated, informed discussions. When yeah. we go to the House of Parliament, when we go to speak to our boss, when we go to mm-hmm. you know all these amazing institutions and say, no, hold on. I know my history and this mm. history is wrong or it's based on exploitation. Yeah. How do we fix it? I have an honest conversation. If they say mm. they want to fix it, fair enough, you start your own. But we yeah. need to understand our history. Mm. Talking. That's no, I like keep it going because I think this is so important for people to to hear as well. Because I think for me as well, listening to what you're saying is is about the barometer. So you're thinking of what your measuring stick is. Yeah. Because I feel like um, the measuring stick at the moment is of the post-colonial Africa. Yep, 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 yep. And it's that is like what 500 years old compared to like the thousands of years of what we were talking about before I mentioned 35,000 BC is when the Lubombo Lubombo burn was found and they were doing math 2N prime numbers so you look at (laughs) insane thank you so 500 years compared to 35,000 years and and I've met I've met 
uh, Europeans that have told me mm. that London was built on exploitation mm. of Africa and Asia. Mm. And they're, they're working and living and they're Europeans. So yeah. this is a concept. I'll give you an example. There was, a, I think, Channel 4 documentary and there were um, some European economists that were trying to do work out the calculation of how much Britain owes mm. in reparations. <laughs> okay, yeah. And, and just to... Jamaica alone. This is Britain to Jamaica. Remember, mm. remember, this is not including France, Belgium, right. uh, uh, Sweden, uh, right. the Dutch. Yeah. Um, who else? Who else was? Um, uh, who else was? Uh, you know, who else was? Was um, Portuguese, Spanish. Mm-hmm. It's just Britain and Jamaica. Okay. It's estimated that seven point two trillion dollars is owed wow. in terms of resources stolen. Right, like just pure resources, mm. um, unpaid wages, yeah, and just the death, destruction, kill, murder, torture of Mandem of and Goldem. Yeah, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my point is that that is the looting of Africa. That's mm. one country to one island. If you were to amalgamate <laughs> that or, or widen that out to the whole continent, continent of Africa right. and the Caribbean, and then include the Arab slave trade as well. Oh my god! Mm. So this mm-hmm. is why Africa is, is considered poor. We're not, but yeah. we're considered poor. Because we haven't, uh, our history got interrupted, and that's currently still happening yeah. today. I think that interrupted is like my favorite term because yeah. they they say what's the term? Like slavery didn't it didn't start with slavery? Slavery interrupted yes, history exactly because like that's the best. If you think about it, that's literally the last pip of this entire history that we talk about. But obviously, there's there's been a lot of work to kind of erase all of that before whether it's burning things down or complete civilizations in fact yeah or um changing the narrative when it's written in books yeah. or all that kind of stuff so it's difficult like okay so let's say for example i'm i'm a i'm a i'm a kid in school or an adult who has a child or yeah. something and i want to um i want to know a little bit more so i can change um or change that barometer what would be like for example a like the first step to doing that sure so I think the first thing is parents need to educate themselves mm. um, your job as a parent is to give your child the best chance in life yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, is yeah. your sole yeah. job and mm. as much as we pretend that the concept of race and racism doesn't exist if we all sing kumbaya and you know pray to God and mm. you know you know it's a no and if anyone doesn't say the n-word to him we've done our job no we haven't mm. because you have to remember that because you've looked after your child mm. the system doesn't look after every African True. or Caribbean child yeah. and that child mm. is a product of, of, of difficulty of, of inequality can mm. hurt your child <laughs> so yeah, if you sure. want to invest in your child mm. you've got to make sure the system helps everyone yeah. so yeah, I'll yeah. say number one is make sure you know your history Mm. makes you understand and master um, the good things that um, uh, the good things that Africans and black mm. people contributed to civilization so it's yeah. empowerment mm. um, then I think it's also about making sure that you encourage your child uh, to read there are many many books now mm. um, uh, many many books now about, about um, trying to remember her name Trying to remember her name, but she wrote a Windrush book um, okay. for for children. She wrote actually it's called Gold. Go to Golden Destiny. Golden Destiny. I think dot co dot uk. And there's a number of children's books based on Amazing. African history. She wrote a book called um, 
uh, 100 Afro combs in Egypt. Right, okay. And you start, you, you travel the world Africa, you can get Afro combs, yeah, and you go from the top of Egypt all the way down to that stuff, South Africa and stuff like that. Right, so okay. what I'm saying is that there's a lot of empowering stuff. It is not mm. teaching your child to be racist against other mm. other ethnicities. No, it's not. What I'm saying is that, you remember there was a doll test, and they did the doll test in the yeah. UK, and if people don't know, um, I think it was in the 19, early 1990s, yeah. where um, they, and they, they asked five-year-olds which doll is good, yeah. white or black, mm -hmm. and they, you know, majority of the cases, I think over 70 or 80 percent, mm -hmm. chose the white doll as good and the black doll as bad. Mm -hmm. and I'm saying again, this is what I'm saying you can't be passive yeah. because when you leave your child to be, you know, oh, my education system will, will, will you know, will, will teach him and you can watch TV and that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. subconsciously, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of propaganda, yeah, that you need yeah. to safeguard your child against to have self worth. Mm. to have, have racial worth, which is important. We that look like them have that. Because once you start to understand that people that look like you are an asset rather than a threat, Amen. that is when communities can start to build. Yeah, yeah. So I'll sure. say, is that, to keep it short, one is, I'm asking your history, mm -hmm. um, so you can teach your child. Yeah. Second is put your child in a supplementary school. The reason why Carlo is so brilliant is because he, on Saturdays he was taught excellence in maths, English, science, yeah. and he was taught black history as well, African mm -hmm. history. Um, and speaking about that, because yeah. NABS is N-A-B-S-S, -S, right? National I, Association yes. of Black Supplementary Schools. schools. Yeah. So that's like a good place to go, because even I didn't know about it as, a, as, a, as an organization yeah. before, yeah. Um, like a few years ago, but they literally do I think it's evening and Saturday classes, yes. I think. Yes. Yeah, so it's a good place for people to go. go exactly. Shout. And please volunteer. Give time mm. to them because they're yeah. run on a shoestring. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, they are, uh, there's a school called African Sons and Daughters. They do it in East yes. London, I think in South London as well. Yeah. There is the Croydon Supplementary Education Project, which is the, the, the head of education, is actually Robin Walker. Right. Um, what other schools are there as well? Um, there's so many, there's so many, mm. so it's about, about finding them. And as I said, it's, Marcus Garvey had a book, um, or a book based on Marcus Garvey's life, it's a, 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 a biography of him, yes, and yeah. it's a, something called Race First, that's the title of it, right. and it's like African and black people are the last ones to identify themselves or act in a race first way, which is my point, okay. but the whole world is doing it in mm. a race first, way, race first way, right. i.e. looking after their own right. first and yeah. making yeah, sure yeah, that yeah, they yeah. come from a place of common vision, common strength, even if there are divisions, mm. there are some things that they'll always unite on, Yeah. but we don't do that, we rather see each other as threats rather than assets, right. and again this is not to say that we should be running people <laughs> that don't look like us, no, but I'm mm. saying that there has to be a common love for us first, a, yeah. a, a, a sisterhood, a brotherhood, yeah. because if you win, I win, yeah. and that is missing, um, and we didn't create this system, we exactly. didn't create the concept of race or racism, so, yeah. it's, so it's a system we have to learn to, to understand mm. and navigate if we were to survive. I think for me as well, there's got to be this death of this conversation about it being like almost black extremism. Yeah. Like, because it's for some reason it's translated to some people's ears as you love black and you hate everything else. I'm and that's absolutely. just the furthest yeah. thing from the truth. Yeah. It's like if I love jollof rice, yeah? Mm. <laughs> we all do. We all if, I do. Jo if I love jollof rice, there's no, there's, I, I still love fried rice. You know what I'm saying? It's just that now I appreciate the value of jollof rice 100%. on the same level as everything. Like, you know, I've been given white rice, like 
long grain rice all this time. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's basmati. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> all right. So no, it's it's obviously that's a, a crazy example, but it's like I've I've found myself in that conversation a few times, and it's just gets really frustrating because we're the only ones who get that. Like in, in any other scenario, they they don't challenge you on that concept, and it's it blows my mind, and it blows my mind even more when it comes from our own. Hundred percent. Like that. And, yeah. And let me just clarify something on the race first. It's not to mm-hmm. say that that we should operate just on a like Trump, basically. Right. right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. Bun yeah. Ev- yeah. literally, bun everyone. And mm-hmm. What I'm saying, what what the concept of race first is basically saying that if you look at the black community, mm-hmm. often mm-hmm. what we prioritize. Mm. Are other identities, right? Okay. I'm a Christian, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah oh, I'm mean. I'm a feminist. Mm. I'm a Muslim. Mm-hmm. I'm a Yoruba. Right. Right. I'm a Zulu. Mm-hmm. I am light skin. Right. I'm natural okay. hair. Okay. I right. wear weave. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. that is a primary identity. But what's interesting. Is when mm. the system, when I, all those stats I told told you about, right. you know, of how we're not performing in, in the UK, mm. yeah, all those people are present in those stats. Yes, yeah, that, yeah, you're yeah, saying. True. So the discrimination or the lack of opportunity you get, whether you're light skin, where we have what they call nappy hair, which is our natural hair, and yeah. wearing it proudly, mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? It's still affecting anyway. So yeah. why don't you understand that actually there's if you win, I win, there's a commonality, there's yeah. a unity if we were to work together, we can achieve something. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. So that's what I'm saying. It's about understanding that we need to have love for ourselves, but we can love. And that's what I'm learning Absolutely. so much is, you know, as I grow older, as I as I ask questions, as I, you know, speak to very wise people, is actually mm. understanding and mastering my love for myself and promise myself first. Yeah. So I my cup can runneth over Amen. for others that mm-hmm. look like me and have the same vision for vision for the world I have. Yeah. And therefore we can then start to, you know, we can start to spread the gospel, spread Amen. that good news. Come on. No, that's that's powerful, man. Like I'm I'm literally I keep going back to this concept because I'm thinking about this this podcast is still young, so I don't even sure. know who's gonna be listening yet. Bro, I'm but listening. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. kind of almost seeing people sat across the table and nodding their head okay, <laughs> okay. some of the stuff we're saying okay. some of them might be shaking their head okay. um, and for me personally it's just as valuable have seeing what both of those think um, but ultimately I definitely think you're, you're, you're right it's something that we've have we actually had that conversation before? no we haven't I'm trying to think have we, we haven't we've, we've touched on a few things yeah. but never actually really gone into, into depth right this is the opportunity for yeah. that yeah so it's like um like safeguarding yourself, loving yourself, I think is is number one for anybody. Yeah, just human. Hundred percent. And I think there was something you said earlier, um, dividing humanity. Yeah, like that for me was quite powerful because mm. humanity as a concept is different to being human. 100%. Like humanity is about how you conduct yourself, how you relate to other people, yeah. your the the love and all that kind of stuff. Dividing, separating people allows this chasm where all kinds of stuff can thank breed. you thank you um so effectively seeing it as a as a combining that humanity um at starting by loving yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> and like you said mm-hmm. cup running over it's not the first time i heard about that mm-hmm. concept of working on the family first mm-hmm. um it's been a few conversations i've had recently which which mentioned that um but it's the start of everything. It's like rolls into the next thing. 
my goddaughters, I'm I'm like the the book godfather. Yes. So like I'm just like that's what they get. It's a movement. You know? <laughs> yes. You know? yes. And it, and it's brilliant because now they 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 they're getting to the space where they can actually defend or put their hand up in class. Mm-hmm. And going back to access, like there's something really weird and okay, if if I was to separate access into different different areas, right? Got access, but also one of the sub or maybe side to side aspects of that is the right yeah yeah to exist even thank you right so um it's weird like using using my my god example putting her hand up yeah in class there was a period of time when she was kind of resistant to that like and and i see it in in a lot of kids even i used to have it when mm. i first moved here to england coming from sierra leone and my English was better than everyone else's and I knew all the answers but for some reason when I put my hand up everyone started making monkey noises and all this kind of what? stuff what like it was it was like okay this isn't for me <laughs> like well, um, but do you know what's interesting is like and this is what I'm really um, I've, I've only come I think maybe two weeks ago I came to terms and mm-hmm. I said I'm Manager's in his thirties, but yeah. I won't say the date, the date, the number, <laughs> I either the date or yeah. the number. But you know, mm-hmm. and I've just realised that like I have suffered mm. and have suffered from racial trauma syndrome. Mm. Do you see my point? Mm-hmm. And it's and it's and I never in my head is always brush it off, brush it off, brush it off. And it, what it gave me was an expectation that I need to be the perfect black man. The right. perfect representative. That's a burden. I can't take drugs. I can't yeah. smoke. I don't drink. Do you mm. know what I'm saying? And it's like it's a burden. And what I'm saying is, you know, it, I realize that it's gone into every facet of my life. Yeah. And it's it's not. You know, can I just be Michael? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah, that yeah. thing of you either invisible, like mm. we were in every every subject in school, yeah. invisible, which actually means you don't exist. That's, you have no value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is the, that's that's the thing. When you go deeper, yeah. it means you have no value, which mm-hmm. therefore questions: Are you human? Mm-hmm. And the people that look like you and achieve so much, mm-hmm. are they human? Do they exist? Yeah. These are yeah, when you yeah. philosophically, if you go down deep enough. Yeah. These are questions that you start to, mm-hmm. and it's and it, as I said, it's gone. It's like it's shaped the way I look at at masculinity at as being a man. Yeah. What is being a man? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you lead? Do you lead an alpha male? What is being a black man? You know, all these questions right. saying, so imagine your child yeah. going through all of that and you want them to be a successful child, mm-hmm. but we don't have answers mm-hmm. because we're not asking the right questions. Yeah. We're not having these conversations. Mm-hmm. One guy that literally slapped me around the face with knowledge, and I thought, <laughs> and I remember yeah. this, is um, I had, um, I'm not throwing names out there, but I had the privilege of having lunch with Akala okay. and his manager. Awesome. Um, and... Um, I was telling him about my time in Mississippi. Mm. Uh, uh, and it's so funny, bro. Mazel looking sexy though. Mazel looking sexy. I had that, like you know, I had a Prince William yeah. purple pinstripe, okay, grey mm-hmm. suit on. Oh yeah, purple yeah, yeah. tie, fully tailored. Come on, you know what I'm saying? You have to fresh haircut. Yeah, and you know, like I grew up in a I'm saying like like you know what I'm saying like, bro. So anyway, so um, all the stops. I'm like, cool, let me all the stops. I want him to speak at Ghana Youth Day, which is a, right. uh, an event that looks at solving knife crime in the Ghanaian community. Mm. And um, and I was just, you know, I was talking and mm. my guy was just sh- shooting me, just 
just just shooting me with information that just wow. made me wrong. Okay. You know, I I survived I, I survived Hurricane Katrina. Right. Okay. Uh, I was in Mississippi yes, at the time. Yeah. Hurricane Katrina, two thousand and five. We thank God. We thank God. Amen. Mm -hmm. And I was saying how when in, in Southern America, with South America, Southern America, Mississippi, mm -hmm. um, how when we had no power for like four to six days and whatever, whatever, whatever. The communities came together, white and black mm -hmm. came together, but when the power came on, you know, and I said that black people and white people were just as racist to each other, I was like, no, that's not true, because black people haven't created institutions. As I said before, if you look at the definition of racism, mm -hmm. you know, that are going to, what is interesting is that they can be prejudiced, but they can't be racist. Mm -hmm. And 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 what, I was like, what? And he's just killing my stories, bro. And I had these right. are lyrics that I had for days. Just yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. what, this guy's killing me. And it made wow. me think, hold on, wait, 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 wait. I question everything. Whether he's right or wrong, that's up to debate. You know, everyone mm -hmm. has an opinion. Yeah, my yeah. point is, like I had to ponder like who am I and mm. what, I thought I'm doing this good work for Africa but am I just doing things that actually a European guy sitting in you know an institution British institution would do you know um, what what extra value am I adding as a as a, as a diaspora right that's my point right right yeah um and the guy schooled me that's a tough one and I had to like, I had to learn bro I had to yeah. go and like, I had to go and study mm. I found Robin and I was like yo and so you know what I'm saying little things like that just make you like so that's what I'm saying education's the key education will help you with love understand right. what love is yeah. and what love isn't mm. it will teach you about being a man you know yeah. all these things are touched by the concept of race and I'm saying if we want to mm. be you know productive and progressive mm. you know and progress the black community yeah. we have to start to master these things and that's why every day like bro amount of decisions i flip flop on every day <laughs> i'm just like yo yeah. bro be be forthright yeah but yeah like when your information comes you gotta act differently bro yeah you gotta no, step true. correctly bro that wasn't it my engineer was like when you know better you do better Thank and you. it's like you know better every day every like, day every day there's something new to find out and you've got to like there'll be no point if you just acted the same way and thought the same way regardless of what you know like every now and again you find something that shakes the very foundation you're standing on <laughs> but every now and again you find something that just tweaks it a little you know, you know what I'm gives you a little bit of an extra viewpoint around around the 360 um there was something you said earlier just just whipping it back just a little bit um you were talking about just being just being mm. right one of the things i used to really um struggle with was this carrying every black person on oh. my shoulder so like whenever there was a question about black culture or black history or black politics or black anything i was the person that they would come to and and it was just like for example um i felt and i don't know if you would have felt the same thing but it kind of got to a point where I felt like I, cinema to you had to be excellent. Now, obviously, we, wow. we're going we're going for excellence anyway yeah, as a yeah. human being. Like, cup runneth over. You know, you're not aiming for the gut. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you you want to be amazing. But I felt like I had no, I had no opportunity. No, um, like I couldn't fail. Yes, but um, I feel you. Right, because like keep talking. because if I failed it meant that it wasn't people looking at it wouldn't just be looking at me they'll be looking at the whole race in inverted commas like they'll be like even him like do you know what i mean <laughs> like because there'll be sometimes when when things go wrong or or like say for example i'm trying on a new business or something like that and trying and it may not go the way i want or, or something like that and it's difficult and i'll have a conversation and and you know you can hear tones mm. in people's conversations and, and, and people will be like 
I, I, I did a post the other day and it was really very simple. I said, um, if you don't listen to the way people ask questions, you might think racism doesn't exist. And the reason why I put that is because sometimes people were, I had to really deep the questions they were asking that seemed really shallow at first, but then you saw the propaganda in it. And it's like, um, I just wanted to, I know it's like just a wound <laughs> waiting for me anyway, but I just wanted to go back to that because the way you put it, I just felt that like having to be excellent all the time and feeling like you cannot be anything but, and you have to be polite, you have to bow, you have to, all these kind of things. Well, you know, I'm a Ghanaian. Yeah. And you know, like, <laughs> you know, you know, you know Ghanaians, mm. we follow rules, eh? Mm. Mm. You know, there's no wahala in Ghana. <laughs> right. Very, very small, small wahala. Right. We follow rules, we're very peaceful. We follow mm. instructions, we're very respectful. Mm. And that is something that's always been pushed as a positive. Right. Okay. Uh, this is why I say Nigerians and Ghanaians, mm. it's a marriage that works. Right. Because okay. a bit of fire. Yeah, of course. <laughs> a bit of ice. Sauce. Makes steam. Mm. <laughs> it makes it steam. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my... <laughs> but the, what's interesting is... Um, what's interesting is... I realized, just to touch on what you said, and I'm, mm. I'm still going through this process now, yeah. is that thing of being excellent, mm. that thing of having to navigate, um, first, that being excellent, being highly visible. Mm. So if you right. make a mistake, yeah. everyone sees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Because you're highly, mm. just because you're, uh, you're, you're few, a few of you in yeah. that room. Yeah. So that makes you accountable to mm. the action, reaction of anyone that looks like you, mm. smells mm. like you, <laughs> or walks enough. like you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So black people are always seen as the collective. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if you look at what blackness is, often it's always talks about in relation to what? Whiteness. Mm. <laughs> ah, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. And what's interesting is that when I was growing up, and I was put in boarding school and I was um, put into church right. with white Jesus. Right. And I look at yeah. white Jesus, he doesn't look like me, mm -hmm. but yet he's from a place where dark people yeah. are plentiful. You, you yeah. Just go, don't go far. <laughs> go, yeah. go to Yemen. Right, okay. Now I've lived in Yemen, bro. Right. And when you see Yemeni people, mm. they, they're literally Ethiopians. Right. If you look, Ethiopia used to rule Yemen. Mm. These are facts. Right, These are right. facts. Yeah. When you go and watch, there was some Yemeni, um, the BBC did a, did a, a episode on the Yemeni war. That's okay. how what's happening. And I was shocked to see how D-A-Q, duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yemeni yeah. people are. Right, okay. It's a full range. Right. Mm -hmm. Cool. So when, when, when you, so my point is when you see this mm. and you're the opposite of what white Jesus looks to you, what does that make you? The devil. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 So what I'm saying is subconsciously put things in you. Then so that's church. Mm. Then you go to education where, where, where we're not, we're not just not present. We're just not present. Yeah, at all. I will say that under Michael Goh's new um, syllabus, I think when he was education minister, okay. they have put in a lot of opportunities for, 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 for the history of black 
African and blackness okay. to be included. They've got curriculums that you can actually that's included. So mm. Benin, they've got the Moors. What? But the problem is because we don't know our don't know don't know our history. Mm. We don't know which bits of that history we can represent as. Do you know what I'm saying? So this is why as teachers right, okay. you need to understand your history. You need yeah. to understand where you can bring in. Because if we mm. look at um, Steve McQueen's latest project where he's taken pictures um, of all these um, classes. Mm. Uh, around England right and this is the exhibition he's doing okay and just look at them just look at them and look how it's literally multicultural there's so many different shades colours languages those kind of things so you don't look at education we're just not present although we have opportunity to be present we're not present Mm. and then you then, then, then you look at what you have to be it's always you're proving yourself that actually Mm you are civilized and therefore it takes you to be say actually you can only be loved and validated mm. with what you do not with who you are Woo! cheese on bread right okay yeah Bruv. so you go you go into a relationship yeah right and you are going into a relationship thinking ah acknowledge me date me because of what i have you know mm. <laughs> what i can do what I've achieved rather than who you are. And if we don't know who we are, we make a lot of mistakes, bro. Yeah. Trust me. Just in life. Just in life. Yeah. How you raise your kids, mm. how you love your wife, how you love your girlfriend, yeah. um, how you see them, the world vision you see them. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. that's what I'm saying that mm. we need to start having these conversations and looking at, there's a great um, psychologist, that one of the greatest black psychologist, a guy mm. called Franz Fanon. Okay. Um, Franz Fanon. And if you can't read his books, because it is a bit difficult to read his books, okay. there's a great uh, professor called Professor Lewis Gordon. Okay. He's a Jamaican Jew. Hmm? Pause. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What? I would advise everyone okay. to pause his podcast. Just pause. Don't right. stop. Pause. Yeah, yeah. And go and listen to his lecture on, on um, Jews of Colour which you can find on YouTube. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and also look at his uh, synthesis of Franz Fanon. Right, okay. There's some, they may be one hour, two hours, but okay. listen, the, in, what Franz Fanon said, he wrote a book called Black Skin, White Mask. Ah, oh, I think I've, I've seen that. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, um, right. Or The Damned what? of the Earth. The, the Damned of the Earth. It's in okay. English, because it's from French to English, but okay. in English called The Wretched of the Earth, but actually translation is The Damned of the Earth right, in French. Okay. And so it really looks at the impact of colonialism mm. and the creation or the concept of racism and race mm. on the black psyche mm. and how we internalise it and what actions we create, do, Right. And how and how it impacts our communities. Wow. And you can just see him talk about how he was working with colleagues mm. um, in uh, his French colleagues. Because basically what happened, he was born in Martinique. Okay. And if you know anything about Francophone or the, Les Antilles, they call it, like right. the French-speaking Caribbean. Yeah. Um, they are taught that they're French. And what civilization is, is Frenchness. So you right. speak perfect French, you act like a French person. Mm. Until you go to France. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm seeing a trend here. You see a trend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you realise mm-hmm. you're insane, you're a monkey. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, And he yeah. talks about his experience. 
Wow. Being a black PhD hmm. that thought himself as French and having to navigate the concepts of identity of Frenchness, right. but never quite, uh, never quite acquiring that full visa. Mm. You know, the visa was never permanent. Do you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And it took looks at the psychology, and, and what's interesting, his PhD got rejected because it was too radical. And he right. wrote a, a two, in two weeks, two weeks later, in two weeks, he wrote a new PhD on the reproduction of frogs <laughs> in two weeks, and then he got his PhD. What? So that's the kind of genius level. Wow. Of this guy, okay. Right. Right. Yeah? Right. Right. So I advise if you can't read the book because it is a hard read because it's okay. translated. It's already hard in French and hard enough in right. in English when translation. But listen to Professor Lewis Gordon. Okay. Um, amazing stuff. But that's my point. Mm. Is that we have never sat down and understood what blackness is. Mm. And therefore, we operate either like lemmings or, or, or visionless or, or directionless. Yeah. And yeah. we need to understand that if we want to be respected in a capitalist world, mm. we need money, we need mm. power, mm. and we need to be able to influence. Um, yes. There is yeah, yeah. Um, a guy called... Um, called Claude, uh, Dr. Claude Anderson... Okay. He's got a book called Paranomics, which I recommend. Paranomics. Okay. I recommend um, everyone should read. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what he defines as sort of politics or power mm-hmm. is the ability to pull resources. Um, let me start again. The ability to pull resources um, and the power to produce, distribute, and consume in a way that creates goods and wealth for communities. Right, okay. Wow, okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, if you compare that to what the black community here in America, even mm. in Africa, mm. you know, are able to 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 harness, mm. you realise we have no power. Yeah. So how do we get it? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So these are them saying, with empowerment, these are questions we have to ask ourselves. Right. You know, in order to try and create some kind of racial and self-esteem. Mm. Um, yeah, really. and sure. cooperation. I think like ownership is a big part of that, and and taking upon ourselves like literally thinking about back to your ten year old self, yeah, and seeing this gap between what we produce versus like I saw obviously now I don't know how far they got, but like the Pan African Trade um, Union mm-hmm. as an idea, because mm-hmm. um, do you mean the do you mean the uh, the fair tra- the the fair the free trade uh, a continental free trade agreement within the within, continent within the whole across the whole continent yeah. yeah that's just been ratified right yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. it's like that whole concept for me it's like how has that not happened before well what is frustrating is that Kwame Nkrumah hmm. um, devised this in the 60s yeah and whether you like it or not the mm. EU the EU then happened <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Right. So what was interesting about um, the free trade agreement is that mm. if it was coined in the 60s, but they're going to say they're going to, they're going to, they want it to be operational in mm. 2063. Wild one, bro. Right. Yeah. Wild one. Wild one. 2063 yeah. is when you want it to be operational. Are you a victim, bro? Or do you want to be a victim? Yeah, that's mad. Bro, yeah. the FTA... It's going to create an estimated economy of two point three trillion dollars. Wow! If Africa were to mm. just allow 
the movement of free goods and services. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 And what it will do is it will allow increased inter intra Africa trade, which yeah. is about probably about eleven percent. Yeah. Um, and they could get up to the, up to the up to like twenty thirty. You know, yeah. in, within you know, to be honest, 10, 20 years. Mm. And what it allows to do is actually Africa to start using its resources, yeah. adding value for other. Africans, Africans, yeah, yeah. Our other African cities and towns. Mm. Um, the company I work for, we have um, a Kenya office, mm. and we had a, an away day in Ghana. Right. Okay. And uh, my Kenyan colleague um, came to Ghana for the first time. Amazing. Was very excited about Ghanaian men. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that's, fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, that's not even like a Kenyan accent. Um, but anyway, <laughs> everyone's Ghanaian in my head. Anyway, mm. so. Um, uh, was interesting. She came to Ghana and she was like, Michael, I want sheer butter. Okay. Bruv, the amount of shit, I think she spent like $400, $500 wow. okay. on just Ghanaian stuff. Right, 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 right. Do you know what right. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's, and then when I was speaking to her, I was organizing my friend, Big Up Skin Gourmet. Um, okay. Skin Gourmet is literally, um, for me, the best raw, cold press, mm. Ghana made skincare. And yeah. I order it from Ghana and I use it on my sexy body. Okay, come on. <laughs> because it's, it's just amazing. Right. And I order, and then and a, a woman from Ethiopia overheard me and was like, you talk about shea butter, where can I get them from? Wow. Well, within, yeah, I yeah, promise yeah. you, within 20 minutes, we right. had sold about $1,000 worth of goods. What? I'm not even lying, just why two conversations. Wow. So you understand the market. Yes, yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. This is what happens when Africans and black people see each other as assets yes. rather than threats. 100%. Do you know what I'm saying? And I feel like now that people are starting to do that as well. Like 100%. Really starting to invest in the continent. So whether it's going, even something as simple as buying your clothes there. Or Which like, you rep hard after saying you, bro. Listen. Listen, bro. Listen, you just mentioned shea butter, right? There's, there's, we've got this big market in Freetown. When I get there, I'm telling you, because I've realised it now, people are buying shea butter like, Love. like all sorts, especially when it's from there. Like, I know you lot produce, like, we some, produce, you produce some real, yes, real good, do. good grain yes, yes, <laughs> shea butter. Very good grain. But we do too, you know, Salon, Salon is in the business. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think it's, it's, it's long overdue time for us to be doing that, like, from within the continent as well as the diaspora. Um, just... I mean, there's obviously that conversation about keeping the the wealth within our communities, right? But then keeping it within Africa as right. well, instead of like everything being processed outside of Africa and then we buy it back. Bro, <laughs> like, let me, I, I will also encourage everyone to watch um, Reggie Yates' latest mm-hmm. uh, adventures in China. Right, okay. Watch the Shenzhen episode, bro, yeah? Okay, yeah. And you have to remember that it wasn't just Africa that was col- that was colonialized. Mm. Um, other continents didn't have the enslavement that we had yeah. before, which led to the, stru- the, the destruction of, of Africa. Mm. Um, some pe- some people estimate mm. that um, two hundred million African lives were lost during the transatlantic and also mm. um, eastern or east east coast slave trade right right um it wasn't just being taken but it was like you know mm. the, the the catching the murders the right, gen- literally course, yeah. the genocide in some cases mm. um so what i'm saying is when you look at that and the impacts of colonialism in other countries mm. 
then you'd go watch this episode of, of that Reggie Ace did. Yeah. And if you look from 1982, yeah? Okay. Till now. Mm. Bruv. Silicon Valley is a myth, bruv. Okay. The tech. Right. Shenzhen mm-hmm. has. Right, okay. Bruv, you know the pinching that we have on the iPhone? Right, yeah, yeah. You know it's not Apple didn't make that? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, right. Yes, yeah, yeah, but yeah. But the guy that made it was a Chinese guy. Right. Uh, he's like the, the Chinese Tony Stark. Big up Iron <laughs> right, Man all okay. day. Big up Iron, Iron Man all day. Come on. And um, he sued Apple for 200 million. Apple had 14 million. No, 14. Apple had 14 lawyers. They had one and they lost. Wow. Now he has over 160 patents of all his stuff. Damn right. You're going to learn after that first bite. Bruv, they have uh, something called the bubble. I think it's called ba- the babel fish or the bubble fish. The okay. fish. And basically, some Chinese kids have, they say kids are very young, mm. like their 20s. Um, they've created a contraption, like an earpiece, that you can literally tap and people can talk and in Chinese and Mandarin. Translate. And they can translate pretty much instantaneously. I heard about that. I heard about that. Bruv. Madness. Bruv. Watch yeah. the episode. Now, I talk about this because, you know, we've got two choices. Mm. We can say history is history. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. We understand it. Mm. Essentially, we lost. We lost the war. <laughs> yeah, let's be real. We right. lost, yeah? yeah? Cool. Africa's lost. Now, what do you want to achieve in the future? Mm. We have to learn to understand, just like they did in Shenzhen. Mm. They created special economic zones. They yeah. invited American and other companies to come and invest. Mm. They then started to counterfeit <laughs> right, all yeah, these products. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they're like, oh, okay, this is where they've got to. How can we add further value? Yeah. Now, bruv, I promise you, mm. they've got flying motorbikes. They've got drones. They've got drones that deliver <laughs> tikawai. <laughs> right, okay. What? To your house, bruv. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. So, <laughs> what I'm saying is, we need to understand mm. how corporations work, yeah. how institutions work, mm. and then retrofit or, 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 or you know, retrofit it to make sure it benefits our culture. Mm. Mm. And so all the architects, all the doctors, all the engineers, we yeah. say our job is not just to pay our mortgages, but to get knowledge and see how we can build institutions, businesses that mm. can take mandem off road. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next time... Um, you know, there's an issue with knife crime or with um, domestic abuse. Mm. We've got real power and viable options of how to stop it. Not yeah. just, don't do it again. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is, you know, which is our usual response. <laughs> so it's just, what well, my point is, we need to have a system and we don't have that yeah. system. No, I think you're absolutely right. And it's looking at how other countries have um, managed similar human or natural disasters is a good um, example of that. One thing I <laughs> always bring up is the concept of aid. Mm. Right? And um, we're not the only ones, as a, even as a continent, we're not the only ones who have ever received aid. But for some reason, there are other countries where you would receive aid between, within 20 years, they're in a position to be given aid back to other people, um, cleared their debts and all that kind of stuff. But for some reason, things I think are designed not for that to happen for us because 60 years down the line we're still the same communities are still receiving the same amount of aid annually and it's it's like an industry in that sense um that was a side note absolutely absolutely. (laughs) something that frustrates me bro i I, i've worked in development yeah Mm. 
Bruv, I've worked in development, yeah? Right. <laughs> Let me <laughs> yeah. say it again. Bruv, I've worked yeah. in development, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. There are development companies that are doing projects mm. in Ghana. Mm. Yeah? Right. And there's, I've been the only Ghanaian or black person in that room. Right. And I don't even work for the development company. Just my Right. Point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Millions of mm. dollars and pounds mm. are invested into projects that are not designed mm. to succeed. Yeah. Everyone knows aid is a political tool. Yeah. I give you money, you give me votes in the Security Council, mm. you give my companies better access, you give mm. me visas. Right. It's, a, it's quid pro quo. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Which yeah. has got Donald Trump in a lot of trouble at the moment. Yeah, well, yeah, that's all. So what I'm saying mm. again is, mm. as individual countries, we can't do much. Mm. As a continent yeah. and a black diaspora that go from Brazil. Yeah. We're everywhere, bro. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm. America, mm. Mexico, mm. Canada. Mm. Listen, we have to defeat this concept of race. Mm. They can only do it once you can influence, influence the system. Yeah. That's yeah. it. I'm going to need a few days to digest a lot of this. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. I mean, you you know, we're both kind of like similar in that in that sense that we've got that burning to make a change, um, and yeah, like I said before, I think what you're doing is dope in terms of all the initiatives you started and the way you're kind of advocating for it. I think anyone listening, I'm gonna try and write a list of just resources, <laughs> right? Just a table of links to some of the that, stuff that, that we've said today. Okay, I'm sure I have that already, but. Yeah, or, or like if you have, then then maybe it's something I can like and add to add to the description because I think it's something we definitely need to do. For me, like when I did the the um, the talk, one of the first parts was was um, unlearning, um, and then it went through to awareness, um, and the actual learning, building afresh, and teaching yourself and everything. And I think a lot of what we're doing right now talked about all builds on this this concept of identity and again getting I mean it seems it seems like extreme to say the concept of almost the right to exist but people legit don't believe they have like the right to be in this space in that space sometimes I go abroad and I see how different communities enter into a place where it's obviously not their area but they walk with their chest out head high like they own it they'll be pointing arm saying you go there you go there and it's incredible that some of us don't have that nobody owns the earth you know yeah yeah bruv no one owns the earth nobody owns it and and <clears throat> what's what's interesting is if you look at how race even affects the environment hey okay change mm. apparently we live in mud huts but in devon they live in cottages <laughs> I like that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah apparently yeah. in Africa they're savages and bush people, but yet we're being told to live, you know, with with, with live from our local produce. Mm. This is my point. Yes, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. now look at how 
the West. Mm. There's a great book called Kicking Away the Ladder. Okay. By a great, I think he's a South Korean economist. Okay. And he talks about and looks at how mm. the West develops, really develops. So Germany, America, Britain. Right. The narrative or the mm. advice that is given to us by the World Bank and the IMF is said, right. open your borders, mm. free trade, mm. laissez-faire economy. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Cool. Democracy. Mm. Cool. Excuse me. How did <laughs> Britain... <laughs> And America and Germany, mm. how do they create their wealth? If right. you take up out the exploitation, just keep that, take that out. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Through trade barriers, protectionism, mm. investing in infant industries and protecting them. Mm. And when they became world leaders, often by sabotaging other countries like yeah. India's textile industry and others. Yeah. Then took over the market, and then Britain was one of the Manchester was one of the biggest textile com com uh, biggest textile creating cities in the world. I didn't say this. Yeah. Europeans have said this, but yeah. I didn't say this. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. So, my, 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 and then look at climate change is saying that actually we have to cut our emissions mm. because, hold on, the West have increased the emissions by 90% through the roof. So, if you do your 1%, yeah. we're going to die. So, don't do your 1% because right. we're taking up 90. Mm. Fam, are you serious? So, yeah. so this is what I'm saying is we need to know this information and act differently. Start mm. moving correctly in the words of Skepta. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, 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 yeah. So this is an us versus them debate. Mm. It's saying that this myth of race has yeah. been so debilitating to the entire world mm. and it's barred and blocked certain people, certain communities from having equal access to things. Mm. And the biggest fear I find in the European community is that they think that because of the stark difference between black and white, mm. black people do what white people did unto us. No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't. I, yeah, I had that conversation a few times and I just looked at them like, mm, no, we, we just wouldn't do that. We're, We're just, just not those that. people. We're just not the people. <laughs> like, what we yeah. want is equality and mm. if we can get equity, we'll get equity. Yeah. Meaning areas where we can have a head start, yeah. we're going to take extra to make sure that we're now equal. Of course. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, so, it's very interesting. Two more points and I'll stop talking. No, go First point is, what for me is concerning mm. when I look at the diaspora and right. I look at the black community. I think that the narrative um, that is being purported in um, America by African-Americans Mm. and creating divisions between Africans and African-Americans. Right. I think yeah. it's, it's, it's very dangerous. So mm -hmm. it's like basically this community, I think they call them ADOS. Um, I think it's Amer African-American descendants of slaves or something like that. Okay. And they're basically saying that other Africans coming to America should be, you know, should not, should be separated in a way from African-Americans because they're the ones that were, were, were sold by them, by other Africans to America and therefore... You know, other Africans are jumping over ahead of them, jumping ahead of them in terms of access to opportunity and resources. Yeah. Hmm. Now, I understand in theory why that's why that's yeah. logical. Right. Except when you realise that Africa too suffered significantly from slavery. Yeah. Yeah. And then you had colonialism, mm -hmm. and when you read the accounts of what happened during the enslavement and the colonialism of of mm. Africa, you realise that it could be seen seen as 
it was either equal to or in some cases worse. Oh, worse, no, worse, slab me, yeah. worse, worse than. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. Just read, go to the Guardian and put in, um, just put some keywords, key search words, uh, Mao Mao and uh, the British colonialism. Right, and there's an okay. article written about how the Mao Mao, mm. who are a, um, who are from basically the Kikuyu ethnic group, mm. uh, there was resistance called the Mau Mau. Right. And they fought back against British colonialism. Mm. Yeah. And uh, they and they literally put a million of them into concentration camps. Yeah. Right. And what they did in concentration camps was ridiculous. And unfortunately what happened was they had put number of number of requests in, the writers had put a number of requests in for mm. uh, freedom of information, saying can we have documentation of Right, right, right. And eventually, like British government kept saying, right, no, 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 he doesn't exist. These records don't exist. Unfortunately, mm. somehow they mentioned one of these documents in another paper somewhere. Right, okay. And uh, they right. exist. So they, they released them. Wow. Bruv, when you read the accounts of what the Kenyans went through mm. in these concentration camps, they were putting broken, broken bottles and scorpions in their asses. What? Man, raping them with pipes and that kind of stuff. Now, it's not a competition. Who? Not about that. Mm. But I'm saying that because people just think of colonialism and slavery as ah, oh, you know, those the Africans sold Africans and nothing. After that, you know, mm. colonialism happened and a few lines on the map got drawn. You have to understand the impact mm. of what happened in Africa, as I said. Mm. And because and so it becomes a like a race to the bottom. Who got? Yeah. Or race to victimhood. Race to and actually, yeah, if yeah. Africa, is, uh, as the president of Ghana said, the future of blackness is in Africa. The future of mm. black people is in Africa. If you, feel, if you heal Africa, then you will heal every diaspora and every black person in the world, yeah. including in India. You won't go there, mm. but in India as well. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Because yeah, yeah. the caste system is based yeah. on race as well. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? So my point is, we have to stop being divisive. Mm. Yeah. Look at the big picture. Yeah, um, and there's one quote that I a great book um, by a uh, a professor called um, Chinwezu called decolonizing the African mind. Mm. I want to read the passage. No, go for it, man. We're here. <laughs> it says um, history can play the same role as the psychoanalyst, as long as we don't know how to explain certain events certain behavior which exists today in the individual and collective planes will remain prisoners of our past because we don't understand it. Hmm. But if one doesn't understand his history, even his own private history, hmm. he can cultivate complexes. Right. Hmm. Believing, for example, that one is damned. Hmm. History allows us to understand who we are. If one doesn't know who one is, mm. one can't know what one wants or what one will become. Wow. I think that almost exclusive role of history is to lay down this fundamental base of development. Very often today, Africans center around the means of development without asking two basic questions. Mm. Where are we going? And what do we have to do to get there? Mm. As long as these questions are unanswered and we rush into development, mm. we are bound to fail. 
Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's that's a lot. It sums up what we've been talking about today. That's yeah. That's literally the whole. Do you know? What I feel like that that should be on like a wall somewhere. Yeah. And this book was written. Um, in the 19 in 1987 wow in 2019 it's still just as relevant yeah so i have a, had a very interesting uh, conversation with one of my white colleagues right and who's my it was one of our accountants and she gets it hmm yeah she gets it hmm and it is that thing of allies understanding yeah their role mm. and understanding that giving up some privilege mm. can help all of humanity yeah 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 so it is about knowing your history mm -hmm. understanding your present yeah to safeguard and build a thriving future I think that's that's a sentence we can end on. That's that's yeah, yes, sir. Uh, Michael for Presidente and all of that, man. Like, I think we could we could we could carry on like for hours on this, but for now, I think that's a good place to 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 digest because <laughs> that's a lot of info. Um, man, thank you so much for coming on, bro. Like, it's mad. We've known each other for a while. I isn't know, it? bro. Like, I know, bro. But I feel like this is the first time we've had this. I think we knew where we stood on certain yeah, certain things, yeah. but I think this is the first time we really had an opportunity to kind of like dig a little deeper. So, so yeah. it's been an honour. Can I just shout out a few few things? Absolutely, uh, people can check me out. Yeah, uh, one is if you go to www.atcp. That's www.atcp.co. Mm -hmm. um, you can send me an email um contact me about the next course that we're doing on black studies black studies in the city Amazing. um i'm actually doing my own podcast come on uh, hey. which should be released soonish awesome um it's called the grit okay and it's um basically a a caribbean caribbean a caribbean canadian okay and a ghanaian brit okay exploring yeah. blackness as an identity okay popular culture right and pathways to success. Wow. Wow. Well, definitely have to be... Like, when that comes out, just send me a link, please. I'll send you a link, bro. And what I'll do, because I'm recording this on Anchor, and one of the things I like about it is that I can update it on Anchor and it sends it to all the other platforms. Oh, amazing. So just whenever it becomes live, just send me a link and I'll add it to it. Um, and, yeah, again, if you have that list of resources, then that would be dope to be able to attach that because I think it's so important being able to change that narrative in their heads changes everything like it's it's like it's like looking at the world from the street or the plane it's like literally two completely different perspectives so thank you so much man i know we're gonna have you back and i appreciate all your time hour 37 we've done well <laughs> come on all right deuces and that was it Thank you so much for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it and got some value from it. Um, if you want more info, you can go to www.becomeimmersive.co.uk. That's www.becomeimmersive.co.uk. 
If you have any questions or queries or you want to just give us a shout out, go to um, becomeimmersive at gmail.com or info at becomeimmersive.co.uk. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. This is The Lion Learns to Write, Reclaiming Our Narrative Through Identity, Empowerment and Creativity. So let's do that. Have an amazing day and see you next episode. Peace. Oops.